So the Chavos of Avos now, it was still his introduction, does something fascinating. He takes the guy who you see has the absolute best shot of Parnassah. Now, I don't know what you know about alchemists, but back in the day, there was a people who claimed that they can take silver and turn it into gold, and they can take um, copper and turn it into silver. Now, it's clear that this was not real. There's no way to change the properties of a metal. But they had their uh, way of, call it, uh, fooling everybody. And those guys were actually considered the ultimate people who show up the Parnassus. Why? You could buy... Who? They were absolutely... They were, everyone was jealous of them. They had the best Parnassus. They bought silver and they gold. Okay. Uh, what's nice is that although we don't have the alchemists today, there are people who we think, there are people who can manipulate the financial markets, there are people who can make counter for money. We think those people are the best. So I, I, I use those because it might be uh, easier to associate. Now listen to this. That's a guy who, to me and you, has a pretty strong parnasa. I think so, right? So the Chavaz of Abba says, Samud Betachin has 10 benefits over this guy. 10. I'd like to do it, you know, thoroughly, but as well, see if we can uh, get through it a little bit quick, okay? Umehen, you see that? Page 13? That's the third benefit. Shabbateach Belokim, first of all, he says, we saw this quickly, Yibiyeyu Betchoyne Lofanes Aliva Menyana Oilam Uliyachet Lofavilein People that are stressed out about the parnasa, about this and that, they cannot daven or learn like a mensch. He says, And you will be what? In your peace, and your space and heart. Fascinating. He says, The greatest benefit is someone who can focus. Why can't people daven like a mensch? Why can't people focus on learning like a mensch? It's all because of the various stresses and stuff that's going on. So he says, he will be like who? The Baal Alchemia, like the alchemist. Why? First he says, he'll be like him, and then he goes, no way, much better. He can take silver and turn it to gold. And copper and tin to Kesef. All sorts of... Uh, Techniques, okay? Now listen. So he says, first he says, you'll be like that guy. Then he says, what? Page 14. He actually what? He actually has what? Ten things above an alchemist. Now who you think is like the ultimate Baal Parnassah? And he goes through to say, well, even the alchemist has ten stresses. And the guy with Betachin has none of the above. Ready? Number one, he needs equipment, right? If he doesn't have his tools and his chemicals that he played with the metal, what happens? He needs what? Special things. Will anything happen without those vessels? Zero. <laughs> now, does he always have his tools wherever he goes? No. One of the things he has to make sure is he has his tools, he has his chemicals. 
Tarfoy, Tarfoy means tariff is food. Muftachloy, we call Siba Mesiba Sailor. It is guaranteed. Okay? And where do we know this from? From the man. Hashem will show you For it is not on bread alone. You don't live on bread, you live on Hashem's mouth. And what's the greatest proof to this? The story of the man, right? There you didn't have to make sense out of it. Okay. Then he says, I, I know what some of you are thinking, by the way. The man. I mean, come on. That was once in history, right? No. And he goes on now, and he's giving three, four examples of history way after the man, where Kajbaru brought people food in the most miraculous ways. And he says, because just like the man, page 15, how do you know? And he brings four stories. Ready? I'm going to give you a quick synopsis of the stories. For a longer version, you can look on the bottom. Uh, a different time, not now, because we want to. Number one is a story with Eliyahu Imarvim. Anyone knows Eliyahu Navi was sent to Achav. You remember that story to tell him that what's happening? There's going to be a famine. You remember, it's going to be a drought. What happens? Kushbahu tells Eliyahu to hide from Achav. He wants to kill him near a well. And Hashem says, "I promise you, I will send you food." And guess what? Hashem sent him. He sent him ravens who took meat from where from the kitchens of who else but Achav and they brought him food every single day after that he quotes in the bottom of the Gemara there was no rain the brook dried up Hashem sent him to the famous widow remember that and what happened in her house he went ahead and he had the oil remember that the container of oil that kept on running and he ate that then he went to Achav three years later. And after the story of Carmel, Izevel, his wife, says, I'm going to kill him. And what happens? He gets sent with the Malachim who send him, they wake him up and they give him a, a, a cake. He, uses, he calls it Ishal Mona. The next case is Ugas with Sofim, it's a Pachas The story of uh, those sweet cakes and water that the Malach woke him up with. Again, these are stories of food coming and very. <laughs> Abnormal ways, right? A little bit like what you said on uh, uh, Shal that everything that the Avot went through, it's like Simanim. Basically, something happening in the Torah, then it. But this like, is saying something else. It's, it's not just with the Mun. That's what I'm saying. If, if there were these crazy stories in Navi, mm-hmm. and then you know the story of Avadia who hit 100 people, Udva Avadia Manavim. If you turn quickly over to page 16, it brings the fourth case. They don't know how he did this. He was in charge of Achav's kitchen. And he smuggled out every day with ravens also food. So my friends, what just happened here? The Chayim Zababas is bringing you proofs. Now what? The people through history, have got food in the most miraculous way and didn't make a difference if they didn't have the tools. He's coming to explain why we're one up on the alchemist. The alchemist needs to have certain things to get working. No tools, no chemicals, no... Right, so here, very good. Here he's talking about the food because he's trying to make the analogy, but absolutely. It, it doesn't need, right? Sorry, in love, Lad, Chazal says she had no womb. 
and that's intentional. The couple that had to produce Klai so both had to be infertile. Does that make sense? That was both. The answer is yeah. You don't need a woman to have a baby. And he brings a pasuk that we say in, in benching. Kifirim Rashu Veraeva. What does Kifirim mean? Powerful, mighty lions. But the ones that can tear, tear apart anyone else. But Hashem, You can have the lion who's the ultimate predator, right? And he can end up what? Hungry. Hungry. But what? And Hashem is missing nothing. And the guy who saw. Right? Next. As it says, Yiru es Hashem ki doishav. Say it, right? Those who fear Hashem ki ein machsa lirayel. Those that fear Hashem, what? So, when you have time, if you'd like, he has a paragraph on the bottom here. Where he goes on to prove that betochen and fear of Hashem go hand in hand. And that's why it says, ki ein machsa lirayel. He says, because if you're scared of Hashem, you're scared of nobody else. Not your boss. Not your, uh, not the people rioting in the streets and not the pro-Palestinian protesters. You're not scared of anyone else. He brings down a very famous story in Chazal about Chazal. Um, he brings a story, actually, where uh, there was a man who went to sleep in the wild forest. He was tired. And they said, you're not afraid of lions? He said, I would be embarrassed from Hashem that I'm scared of anything besides for him. story he brings down here. And that means that he, he said, if you fear Hashem, you can't fear anything else. People are responding to all sorts of current events with fear. Fear is wrong. This may be uh, thinking, what, when, where, but fear, at the end of the day, he puts, it's very clear, the Chavis of puts what? But talking and fear, what? In the same, in the same, uh, and that's why it says, you're, you're what do we say in Hal? We just said Hal yesterday. Yirei Hashem, Bitchu Hashem, Ezra Meginim, let's translate that. Those who fear Hashem, Abateach Hashem, what? And the male, he's their salvation. So, number one, great. Number two, whoever thinks that pollution or bad uh, chemicals is new, that we didn't know that they kill you, here we go. He says, when you have chemicals on metals, there's fumes that get given off and they are detrimental to you. Interesting? Mike, is that yeah. documented? Do they know this back then? Right here, here we go. Vaheshani. That was fascinating. Like, I would have said awareness that these things have damn good us. Kibal, page 17. Kibal hakimil sarach He needs to do actions and work. That he will not get to his desired outcome without it. They're scent, their smell, and their smoke. In when he continuously sitting there, he says, if you sit exposed to these fumes, right, and these smells for how long? Day and night, what's going to happen? You can get six again. This is the guy with the greatest job. What is that? He knows that he's not going to have what? He's not going to have the side effects 
from getting his parnas. Everything that comes Hashem will be good. And his food will come what? With calm, as we sing every Shalosh Shudas. That what? HaKadosh Baruch will send us on the um, delicious, peaceful, right? Lush meadows and tranquil waters. Clear? So again, two, yes. Or even if we, like the example of the, the war, the Iran in the even if Hashem asks us to do a mitzvah that's going to, let's say, do damage to us, like take our rachamim. We're guaranteed that it won't happen. He's going to give some again, right? So, there might be a question some of you are thinking, which I'm gonna, we're going to get to. What do you mean? Uh, how about if the side effects from other things. So we'll see that if it comes from Hashem, even if there's negative side effects, we believe that what? That's either for us, for our kaparo, for our stress that we have to go through, but it's coming not for no reason. Those fumes and those things are just killing us for no reason. So we're going we're gonna to get to that. So again, you have to worry about health. So the first one is what? Um, not having what it needs. The second one is good health. Rabbi said, Think about a job that comes with a health risk. It can be a great job, can pay a lot, like being a high school teacher. Okay. <laughs> right? Without the. Uh, but anyway. Next. You ready for the third on page 18? What's the third? The alchemist is illegal. Does everyone know that? His biggest fear is he's going to get caught. So he lives with the fear of what? Someone's going to find out that his stuff is not authentic silver, but what? Tin flavored silver. He can tell no one what he's doing. So he can't even brag. He's got to sell his silver like it's legit. He's petrified for his life. Back in the day, you got caught forging, buddy. You know, you picked your own yard site. He's not scared. As a matter of fact, he brags. Not brags, but he's proud. proudly declares. He says, I'm good. You know, so uh, no issue at all. Okay? Are we good? No. The, um, the, the, the fourth is a fascinating fear. And this is in every business. Um, should I overinvest? Should I underinvest? Right now, no one's here. Should I start taking pieces of, of, uh, of tin and making them silver just in case someone's going to come? Then I'm tying up a lot of money here. Or should I just do it when people order me? And you understand there's a fear. What if I have too much inventory? What if people want to combine I don't have? Right? You understand that fear? That's a stress that comes with... Okay. I'll just add one thing that the Mepharshim explained to number three. And it comes up later with another one. He's very lonely. 
What happens when you have a dark secret? So you don't invite a friend over to schmooze in your house. Why? You end up isolating yourself. So that's part of the... Understand? Part of three is... What's number four? The alchemist... What does that mean? He doesn't know what to do. As I mentioned, he could prepare a large quantity, which is what? He orders a lot. Or no. Maybe Maybe don't order anything ahead of time. But just now. Now what's going to happen if you don't and all of a sudden you get a lot of orders? What happens to you? She says, If what? Neither of these guys give you financial security. Why? Because if it prepares too much, what happens? If he has too much stuff, he's worried about it getting stolen. Right? What happens if you have tens of pieces of gold? You're petrified. It will get stolen. And then what? You're worried that people, the king's going to find out that you're wealthy. What did they do in the old days? They found out you had lots of silver. They just took it. That was, by the way, it's called taxes back in the day. What happens if what? What's going to happen if what? Someone comes in and there's going to be a shortage. COVID. There's no more chemicals. There's no more tools. If you're not going to do it now, what's if later on you're going to lose the ability? It's going to get taken away. Any reason. Understand? My friends, this is... You're, you're worried, should you deal with it now? Should you deal with it later? Habatech Belikim, Betchoyne Chazak Belikim, Shayatur, Beishiyatur, Makushiyatur. So again, this is, um, it, it's, you understand, this is just um, all fascinating. Now, how do I know that Kushbahu can send in all situations? So, on page 20, he gives you four examples. Have you ever wondered how a fetus eats, lives in his mother's uh, womb? Okay, is that pretty cool? Is there any access from the outside world into there? He says, is there any hole? How about a chick in a mother in an egg? A chicken. He says, Kasha Yatu for Uber Berechem Imoy. For Efrech Besech Abeitza. Asha Eba Maka Mufula. She says, there's no what? What does foolish mean? Open. Open. The of How about the birds in the ear? And he says, the little crawly katana in it's with its weakness. How about the mighty lion? My friends, he says, And what do we see? A lawyer easy. Sadik Neza. Understand? So here's what so Rebbe Tchavazalava says. Is there access to get into the fetus? Is there a way for us to get into the fetus and feed the baby? Huh? Not really, right? Hard. How about breaking open an egg to get into the chick to give it something? But it's not ready. He's trying to bring out don't, how we're talking. Did Hashem figure it out? 
Does there have to be any natural mechanisms? My friends, I, I, I was never in the Amazon. I'll be honest, I don't want to chasson. But we have an Amuna that there's no animal in the Amazon rainforest. How many uh, hundreds or thousands of miles is it? Wait. Not one animal dies of starvation. Animals get killed. And not animals eat that. That's how Hashem supports them. No animal dies. Someone's asked, they feed elephants a half a ton of food a day. What do the elephants do in the forest? They get a half a ton every day? Well, they figure Hashem figures it out for them. I don't believe they get a half a ton. Maybe they do, huh? No one here spent more time in the Amazon than I did, right? I like that when someone spent more time. I feel I can't say anything. All jokes aside, that's not how important this fourth reason he's trying to bring out is. He says, you're busy trying to figure out mechanisms, how it works. Understand? It doesn't, uh, it doesn't work, okay? Now, um, fifth is a little uh, similar. Here it speaks that he's petrified to get caught. Which overlaps a little bit um, with three. That's why some say the one is that he's lonely and one is that he's scared to get caught. You understand? The, here the focus is more that he's petrified to get caught. The other focus was that he was more lonely. Okay, and these, by the way, these are only just till we get the money. When he gets to six and later, we'll see later, he actually says, one second, who said you'll have the good health to enjoy your money? And you understand? So let's stop for a moment and just, you know, collect what we have here. But he's bringing out over here, and, and, and this is very important. I'm going to see more about this in the second half. He's telling you to have a talkin for your sake. You understand? He's not telling you to have a talkin as a mitzvah. He's telling you a person with a talkin lives a tranquil life. Now we're going to see this more. What does talkin mean? I want to just be clear. Does talkin mean it's going to end up like you want it? No. Talkin means it's going to end up with divine perfection. Because this is to warn people, it's a big mistake. And I'll show it to you in the Chavos of Office by number seven. It's clear in the Chavos. We'll get to it. I'm going to get to it tonight. We'll do the second half next week on the second half of the ten. But I just want to explain a, a few points just before we sum it up. Okay. What's happening over here is we're talking, we're asking all these things. We're not saying that you're not going to have any side effects at your work. But if it's sent to you, it's sent with precision and perfection. I, is there stress in work? Absolutely. Just remember the stress was there for you. You have back pain? Just a casual example. I just thought of randomly. Um, it's, the chizik is, it, it wasn't random. And yes, you have to go to a doctor. Yes, you have to take care of it. But it's not for naught. The chaznisha says, betochen, this is very important. We're saying in our parnasa, betochen does not mean it's going to be the way you want it. Talking means it's not going to be random. It's not you're not going to ever be off a Kashbahu's radar screen. That's all talking means. That means even if there is a side effect, great, not great, Okay, but what? So that's what he says in number, for example, number five. He says there's no inborn fear that the, the, the alchemist lives with the fear, right? 
<coughs> but he goes on to say, we say in Yeshe Bisesa, that we, are, we we don't have fear. I want to be, what does it mean don't have fear? Does that mean nothing will ever happen to you? No. The fear won't help you. We believe if something's supposed to happen, it happens. Obviously, you can have to thwart it off. If not, not. What are you scared about? The people that are living in fear. You know who's living in fear today, by the way? The people who think they could change the world. They think they could change they could change the destiny. If we scream very loud, never again, it will never happen again. If we the Ashtadlis is important, going down to officials, I'm not going into that now. Talk about something else. When you stress out because you believe, if only we were the people that are living today and saying, if only we did this and this, October 7th would never have happened, that, that's not a Jewish way of thinking. Now, now, will there be people who will get blamed for October 7th? That's also not Hashem's plan. He wants those people removed. But understand that nothing, this, we were never off a radar. That's Betachem. Betachem doesn't mean it was a good thing. What does Betachem mean? It was what? And, and when you hear the stories of who's killed, who wasn't, there's a basic amuna. Nobody got a bullet in their head unless it was destined to be. Everyone that was killed by Kiddush Hashem was a, Hashem chose them, and He did not choose the other ones. And there are stories they decided for no reason. Story I just heard yesterday from a speaker. He said that there was a, they had killed a, a mother. And she had a four-month-old and a four-year-old child. They went ahead, they gave it to the next-door neighbor, and they told the next-door neighbor, you come, you hold them. And they took her into a, a golf cart, and they drove her to Gaza. Drove and drove, and then they said, you wait here, we have to go help them bring another other people. She was a four-hour walk out of the border. So she doesn't know what possessed her. She walked back, holding two babies, someone else's kids, for four hours. No one stopped her. Someone said, this is his cousin's cousin. She said, people passed me. Terrorists passed me. I was not. It was supposed to be that I am supposed to live with these children's kids. The mother was not supposed to live. She said, I cannot explain you. They were passing by me. and No one stopped me. I walked right back into the Israeli border. It took four hours. She walked right back in. I'm not saying, it's, 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 I don't know. We're not here to explain why, but precision. No one died that wasn't supposed to die. And I, please, it doesn't make it less tragic. Don't. Please, that's not misconstrued what I'm saying. But there's a certain tranquility that we've not... The people that think today, if we will do this, we will change that, those people are living with tremendous stress. Those that believe we're in Akhenshbohu's arms, and like a mother sometimes shakes, sometimes is calm, this, then we're fine. When we start thinking we're in control, or, or if I just would have done... How many times? If I would have done that, maybe I would have gotten a job, made my kid... Hello? No. What happened, again, you could mess things up. You have free will to do that. But in normal circumstances, if we would have made a decision with my kid four years ago, this, we would, but it doesn't work that way. If you made the best decision that you could then, not because of money, not because of convenience, and whatever happened, you can't sit and eat yourself up. It's mom's This is stress that's not allowed. Luckily, not allowed. This is the stress that kills people. We have to believe you as Hashem Kedoshah, yeah, that's your child supposed to have this challenge. Don't ever say, you know, the easiest challenges for parents are the, the challenges that the kids are born with. If your child's born with deficiencies, it's the easiest for parents.
Because when a child develops deficiencies, which by the way is just as what happens, you start blaming yourself. It's a lack of amuna. People say, if I would have gone to this school, or would have gone to this, I'll tell you a story I heard tonight. I'll finish with the story. I don't know what I'm going to use the story, but you heard it first. My brother is speaking at a huge Shabbaton, a very talented brother, speaking at a massive uh, Shabbaton, Shabbaton weekend. And he heard a great story. There's a Rosh Hashiva today, a very famous Rosh Hashiva. Him and his wife had a child that was unfortunately uh, off the derach. And they made up, they're going to go speak to Rabbi Bach in South Fallsburg. They came to Bach and says, I'm not the... Uh, you need to speak to someone who's well-versed. Go to Matashoh Salm in Lakewood. And the wife said to the husband, no, we're not going. She says, why? Is this a Matashoh Salm is much more connected. We have kids that have to do Shaduchim. And uh, I don't want him to know about our baggage. Rabbi Wachfei is less involved. So she says, uh, so we're not going. I agreed to go to Rabbi Wachfei not to Shiva says, but we agreed with whatever Rabbi Wachfagel says. He said to go to Matzio. It's just, that's not what I wanted. I wanted his advice. I said, the woman was an Asia Schael. Her husband was a Tabal Chochem. She listened. He went to Matzio, convinced that this affected Kit Shadokham. And they went into Matzio and they told him the plight. And Matzio was so blown away by their dedication to this wayward child. He sent someone to find out they have kids, they have a son. Their son married a Matzio's daughter. They were avoiding a Matzio before because of Shadokham. I know the names of all the people. It's not respectful Shiva, I'm not saying. Just, just in case he's Makhvi. They went, talk about Patachin. They went, kicking his kid because it's going to mess up their kid Shaduchim. What did Matazio say? I want parents like this. And he's Mashana. And her son, I know the son today, he's married to Matazio's daughter for 25 years already. Guys, stop helping Akash Baruch If I lived in town, things would be easier. I live out of town. That's why my son, my daughter, my... stop. That's that stress and a contradiction to Batakh. So at the end, it all comes back to what we're... you have to make the right decisions in front of you today. Don't, I'm not saying there's no responsibility. It means you have decisions to make today. They're all right, but once you move to an out of town community for the right reasons, you send your kids to this school for the right. You tried to do what's right in front of you. You you didn't make bad decisions. The rest is clear. Could have, I should have. That's a stira, and that's what the Chazal is going to teach you. You're living a miserable life. Okay.